an Ironic Media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. To me, when we tell stories like that, like that's, that's the gold that we remember. That's the stuff that, to me, it's, it's leaving a legacy of how did you make people feel when you were alive? And that's writing a book is a great way to leave legacy. Sharing your story with others is uh, however way you do it is, is all part of that. Because that to me is, is the impact of stories is how does it make you feel? Some of the best stories, whether it's a movie, whether it's a song, whether it's a book, think of anything that you could classify as like storytelling. And with any good one, I think we can all remember the first time we heard it, first time we read it, and how did that touch us inside? I get that every day when I'm with people. And, and anyone can do it if you're allowing that space to, to occur. And that, that, to me, is the secret sauce, is the space that you hold for others to bring that story to life. That's the key. Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right. Today on the podcast, I have Greg Gonzalez, and I met him at a conference recently and just adored this guy. (laughs) He has such a friendly face, such beautiful energy, and I feel so grateful that my friend Lisa introduced us because we are kindred souls on a mission to help people to express the true nature of themselves. Greg, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. It is a pleasure to be here, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Greg has a very interesting story, which we'll get into about how he got into what he's doing right now. But more importantly, he helped me to get started back on my book that I was writing, which I am so grateful for because I was so in a stuck rut area. As soon as I saw him and he told me what he does, I was like, I'm booking with you. I need you. I need you to pull it out of me again. So I am very grateful because it is something that is important to me to obviously spread my message in other ways. And when I was feeling stuck, I was getting frustrated, right? And the way that you do the work that you do is so important because it really unlocked a whole lot. Like I I wrote 25 pages after meeting with him. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. It's a single space people. <laughs> and also if anybody who knows me, I obsess about wording and writing and it has to have the right vibration when I write it. So everything that I write is very, very precise and has a lot of intent behind it. So t- to get 25 pages out after one meeting, I was like, this is awesome. Anyway, Greg, you, before you even did this, you were a massage therapist and you were excellent at it and you had a very thriving business. And it is really funny how that began. So please tell the listeners <laughs> how that started. And then we'll get into what you do now. Cause I just, I was like, that is so funny and cool. So go yeah, ahead. well, thank you. I love how you use the expression of unlocking, because I think that for a lot of people who feel stuck and a little bit boxed in with their creative energies. I I like being able to be a catalyst to help people kind of discover the keys to unlocking doors that help them 
whether it is finding their story or unleashing creativity in, in a deeper way. So that really makes me smile that you were able to tap into that after working together. So truly love that. Yeah, um, I think we need to get another session going. So I we can get do the that. next half. We can I, definitely I have do that. 30 pages that I wrote before I met with Greg, then 25. I got to integrate those and then we're going to go to the next spot. So perfect. Love it. Well, a little bit about my journey in wellness. I spent over two decades as a massage therapist. I also was managing and operating spas on a corporate level. I had pretty much done everything within the spa world and industry just because I loved it. I loved what it stood for. I think for me, it was really about making people feel good and relaxation and tapping into themselves and healing. So there were so many different areas of wellness that just appealed to me. But specifically with my massage work, it was it was something that, and, and I've said this before, I've never thought of myself as a, as a wonderful therapist. I didn't have a specific technique. But I think what I had was the ability to connect to my clients and people who interacted with me on a level where I could listen to what their body was telling me on a more energetic, intrinsic level. And a lot of intuition went into each session. And people would just say, it's like, you just knew what to do. You knew where to go. And as I started thinking more and more about my life as a therapist, it was like, well, how did I do that? Like, I I never really did any specific training. I mean, I went to massage school and I was an instructor there, but even there, I I don't think I was tapped into it. I think it was something that I carried with me even from childhood of when I would be with people, whether it's just as a child asking simple questions or when I was with friends and giving them my full attention and focus, and especially when they were struggling, that I was able to listen very, very well. And so I think that carried over into my massage work on that energetic level of listening that doesn't, you don't need to tell me what's wrong. I could just, I could feel it. I just, I I thought of my work as like a Ouija board. I just, my hands would just go. (laughs) So I loved my work. I've really thought of it as finding my true purpose in life of healing people. But as you know, when you're in that line of work, whether it's massage or aesthetics, doing hair, nails, when it's one-on-one using your hands to to help people, you're very limited as far as the number of people you can see. Well, I loved it so much that I kind of overextended myself. My work would typically run at least 90 minutes, sometimes two hours per session. I would stay late. I would take on people, even though I knew I was booked out just because I needed the help. So I I didn't set good boundaries for myself with the work. And, And I think over time, I just started wearing my body down. And so in 2018, I started noticing my hands going numb more, mm. more often than not. And it was affecting my work. Like I literally couldn't feel what I was doing. And so finally, through kicking and screaming and going to the doctor to get it looked at, I had severe carpal tunnel in both of my wrists. And so we had a surgery that was not successful. We went in and redid both of them again. Oof. And it was after the second that the doctor basically said, you need to stop. My hands were turning almost like a uh, cripple. Awesome. I mean, like I could literally, I mean, I still can't keep my hands straight as people who are watching can see this finger, this hand, my right hand, I can get pretty straight, but my left hand is perpetually just curved in. And it's just something that I have to live with now. So when I had to step away, it was literally like my purpose just got taken away too. Like, what am I right. going to do? And would you say my, that was a dark night of the soul? 
It was. I mean, I I was I was in a thriving practice. I worked my tail off to get myself to a level where I had a consistently full book. But I knew wait, then. Wait, 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 wait. You need to tell people you forgot about the whole Groupon situation. Oh my God, that's a whole <laughs> show in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, that that whole how I built my business story is kind of a. I should write a book about that. Yeah, I built my business using Groupon. It was in the early years. In the early years of Groupon, where you were the only deal of the day, and so I put together a crazy deal that people could not pass up. And this was literally when I decided to go back to private practice again, I needed to build a practice from scratch. And a friend told me about Groupon and said, oh, it'd be a great way to bring some foot traffic in. So I strictly used it as marketing just to get people on my table. And so my deal was a 90-minute massage for $29. (laughs) And if you remember back in the day, you only had that live for 24 hours. Well, my deal was so successful, they pulled it before 24 hours was up because because by 4.30 that day, we sold 3,200 certificates. So I definitely got more than I asked for, (laughs) but I made the best of it. I brought the team of therapists on to help with the overload. So it brought me back into this feeling of giving back and helping others build a practice just like I was. There, There was a lot that went into that whole time. It was really like a tsunami hit. But I I built my practice from that. And I was grateful for just having these people who I probably wouldn't have met any other way. But it was maintaining that. And that was part of the connection piece is that I felt that if if you at least gave me the opportunity to experience my work, I felt confident that we had at least a 50-50 shot of building a long-term relationship together. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I built my practice. And so that was in 2010 when that Groupon hit. And when I retired in 2018, I mean, my books were full mm-hmm. for eight years and I loved it. I loved waking up and having three months of my books full and just knowing who I was going to see, sometimes fitting in new people. It was the best. When that came to a stop and everything literally just stopped on a dime. Yeah. You talk about a dark night of the soul. I mean, it was my money. I just had my first child. Literally it was kind of in that, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I could have gone back to managing spas again. I could have done a lot of different things within the field, but I knew then I had to continue with this. I had to do something that helped people that was serving others. And there was a healing element to it. And it had to do with authentic connection. Hmm. So I think I initially looked at maybe I become a life coach. Everyone's becoming a life coach these days. Maybe I take a certification. Nothing resonated with me. Hmm. At the time, I even looked at like becoming a personal trainer because I was into health and fitness. That really wasn't. Oh yeah, it. we can just mention that. Can we say how old you are? Because you had you did that real age thing. <laughs> oh, the age thing. Well, I'm 51, 24. Part of when you find what you're you're tapped into being and your purpose and and what you get to do each day, you can't help but have a youthful vibrancy and energy to it. Yeah. So I think that that's. When, when I get people to say, how old are you again? And I'll tell them and they're like, no, I need proof. And, and it's just, I, and my hair is a lot grayer, but I, I don't feel it. I no. think that. We, and you just certainly don't look it. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel very, did really very well useful. on an age test. Really, really well. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Oh, uh, well. That, <laughs> a true age test. We, we won't tell our friend Lisa about that. She still gives me a hard time. <laughs> I'm still um, waiting on my true age profile. We'll do that. Yeah. I have, I've got my device here. I'll come up to uh, Louisville and do that for you. 
Oh, the device to measure your age? Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that. Oh, cool. I'm waiting on the DNA. Actually, it wasn't a swab. It was uh, blood. They're yeah. sequencing my DNA and finding out how old I really am and how fast I'm aging. We'll get to the we'll get to the real age of Amy Stark. Amy Stark. We'll that out. Yeah. <laughs> 23. <laughs> so I think going back to when I was going through that period of transition, it was I needed to find something. Authenticity was the biggest thing. Like I needed something that was true to who I was, mm. like massage was. So that dark night of the soul consisted of doing some deep work of just asking myself some really tough questions. And looking back, the questions probably aren't so tough because I ask them all the time now, but it was like, what is my purpose? How am I to serve the greater good today? Like, what does that look like? What does a meaningful day look like for me now that this part of my life is done? And so I started journaling, which I hadn't done very regularly before. And I was, I was having difficulty coming up with answers. But as I worked through it, I found that just asking myself the question and giving myself that pause and that moment to just be reflective was powerful. And meditation was huge and just allowing the question to just sit. And then it was during a meditation that at that time that I thought, well, I wonder how somebody else would answer this. And so I started compiling, I think I started with like 12 questions and I reached out to a handful of massage clients who I knew they were kind of waiting for what's next. What are you going to do next type of thing? And I reached out and I just said, would you, Amy, like to meet me for coffee? I just, I've got some questions I want to ask you. And of course they're like, well, what do you want to ask me? I'm like, it's kind of like a, a spiritual interview. Just <laughs> humor me. And so we would meet and I would ask each person the same set of questions. But what fascinated me was that everybody had different answers to these simple questions. And every answer was honest. It was raw. It was completely open in the sense that sometimes they spoke for like 15, 30 minutes straight. It was that experience that I was just taken aback by where when you give somebody that invitation by asking them a question and they share themselves I literally could see the transformation in front of me of them just recalling experiences in their life or bringing up memories or bringing something to the surface that, that they knew the answer to. They just hadn't thought about it in a while. Mm-hmm. But then when it's out, it was almost like this, yeah, it was like a spiritual awakening. And they just said, wow, that just felt good to just talk about that. And because I think people look, generally like to talk about themselves. But when they feel like they're being seen, Mm. heard, and valued, it takes it to a different level. And that's what blew me away, was just something as simple as just asking questions. So I started putting together more questions. I started asking more people. I started doing random kind of on-the-spot interviews with random people. And, And then I started recording them thinking, okay, this is amazing content. And I want to do something with this. So I still have those early recordings of interviews that I've done. Thought maybe a podcast, maybe transcribe them into a book. I mean, I had all these different ideas, but I just, I was on this whole kick about asking good questions and creating conversations that lead to connection. That's really where it started. It it was very organic. It happened kind of by accident. 
And so for from 2018 till really when COVID hit, I was in just this open space of experimentation and just doing these interviews and putting programs together around themed questions and having it being about self-development and growth and self-awareness. And it was great. But it was right around the time of COVID, I was working with someone on a personal growth journey with questions. And she wanted to use these recordings as something that for her was creating legacy for her grown boys, sharing her experiences of two failed marriages that she wanted her boys to hear from her own, their, their mom's voice, what it was that she went through. And it was during one of these recording sessions that she broke down and, and just she opened up so, so much. And I'll never forget when I hit stop on the recorder, she's just looking at me and she's like, do you think my story can help people? And I just was like, absolutely. So that was incredibly powerful. And I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who've gone through what you've gone through that you could help. And she said, I think I, think I have a book in me. And I, I feel like you can help me do that by doing this. And so at the time, I was experimenting with some transcription apps. I was already recording. And I thought, well, let's just write by you speaking to me about your story. And I'll just ask you questions to kind of pull more of the story out. We'll transcribe it. And then I'll take those rough transcripts, edit it down, hand it back to you. It was like, here's your spoken words. Here's your, here's your words on text that now you can use in whatever way you want to for a book. So we did a series of recordings and created a foundation of a book that she is in the process of publishing. She's developing a coaching program around her book, obviously wants to get out and speak. And it's all centered around this. Her message is, is just how not to be a victim. And more importantly, how not to go into a relationship being a savior, thinking you can mm. fix people and, and be this the guiding light for every person. Nobody out you, there is like that. A very small segmented demographic. I told her you might want to expand your reach because yeah, there's not many out there. But she just took it and it was beautiful. And she was kind of a beta test for what eventually became Speakeasy, which is now really your, helped your website, speakeasy.co. Speakeasy method. The, the, the speakeasy method.co. It's really just a way for people who struggle with writing. You talked before about kind of that feeling stuck. It's a great way for people who struggle with making time to write. And then when you do sit down to write, sometimes it's just not coming out. We kind of self edit as we go. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't, it's not an enjoyable process for people when they sit down to write. But if people can talk and share and be open, which I knew I could do because of the podcast. Yeah. I mean, you're you're already doing it. So I just think that it's just another way of self-expression that captures people's story in an authentic, efficient, and powerful way. Mm -hmm. And it's creating a first draft. It's not writing the book for you, but it's laying the foundation for where you can build your book from because it gets the story out. It unlocks the story. Right. There was so much ease and flow that came from it. It was unbelievable. Like, I was reading the text and I'd be like, well, that was good what I said, but I want to say a little bit more here, a little bit more Mm -hmm. there. And I started adding all this stuff and then I started making it flow the way, the way that I normally would. And I'm telling you, like I had to pull the plug. Like, I mean, originally why I had made the appointment with you was so I could come up with a PDF that it was easily Mm -hmm. shareable and wasn't going to be too long and had 
the most important points, but as many of you know, I just go on and on and on about this stuff. Um, <laughs> and so I just like kept, I just let it flow. And then all of a sudden it was two days, two days I wrote and it was 25 pages. I was like, this is more than a PDF. Like I, <laughs> at this point, I think I should just keep going with the flow versus mm-hmm. trying to edit it back down. And then I'll just make a PDF another time or something right. like that. And, and then I was like, well, what, maybe we can integrate these two things. So meaning the other 30 pages with the 25 pages, because they are separate in a way, but they couldn't possibly be separate because they're both coming from me. Right. So I'm like, where's that connection? Well, I think that, I think that when you have those moments of creative release, I guess you could just call it that where you just start writing. And, and this happens even during our recording sessions that Sometimes, I mean, they're structured recordings. We don't just go in and say, okay, Amy, what do you want to talk about? I mean, there's planning and strategy calls that we'll do. But what happens sometimes is is that I'm not going to stop somebody mid-sentence and say, can we get back on track there? Because I think that when you're allowing just kind of spirit and universe and that energy to take over and you're kind of in flow, you know, when you're in that state of flow when you're speaking... Going back and listening to it, you're like, I don't know where that came from. I don't know how that's going to be relevant to this, but there's purpose behind it. Mm -hmm. So I'm very much about, again, we're capturing it. You may save it for another day. There might be something down the road where you're like, that's why that came out. But I think everything that you share, everything that you're writing post recordings, it, it is, it's like giving you that invitation to just explore and let it come out. Don't try and make sense of it. Just Right. Mm-hmm. Edit out. So well, and that I was edit- nice because you have people that also edit it out, like yeah. make it make sense. So it becomes more book-like, not necessarily your book, but you start to be like, oh, okay, this is not just me speaking. This is real text that I can make into something. So and that that's what I really want nice. it to be. Yeah. I want it to be something useful that when at the end of the day, when we finish, you're handed pages of your spoken words that are readily usable whether it's for a blog, whether it's for a manuscript, whether it's for content for a web page, I just think that what we try to do is capture the essence and energy of what you're trying to say while taking out the ums, you knows, you know, you know, people mm-hmm. talk in, in their way. And I think that when we hand over your transcripts back to you, my team is trained to, to keep the integrity of what you're saying intact, but making it useful for what you're going to be using it for. Anyone can record themselves and then go in and transcribe. That takes time to, to do that. But I'm very much about, with my editors, listen to the recording of what she's trying to convey and then give that back to her in the way that... Because you can then go back in and edit it. You can add to right. it, change it. But what we hand back to you is, again, the integrity of what you're wanting to say by taking out the unnecessary things, run-on sentences... A lot of times people will repeat themselves in one mm-hmm. sentence and we'll just try to whittle it down to what is she trying to say? Mm-hmm. And then you get to go in and say, this is really what I want to say, or this, this, that's exactly how I would have said it. A Again, it's just a detailed map of your own brain that you can just like keep adding shit to. <laughs> because, because when you write yourself, sometimes you're self-editing along the way and that just yeah. slows the whole oh. train down. So true. I'm all about, let's get on that train and just go figure it out. Now that I think about it, I feel like all writing has become easier since then because I do have to write content, just part of my job. I do feel like it's just been easier because that self-editing and because I am so serious about the intent and the 
vibration of the words and things like that. So, but I do think now that I'm reflecting since we had our session together, I think it's been easier. Why do you think? I mean, so when I tuned into the podcast to see what we were talking about, it's this gift that you have to help people or you give people, I should say, this permission to express their true nature. And not a lot of people do that as you and I both know, right? Mm -hmm. That's why you and I were like two (laughs) moths to uh, like a flame, except for each one of us was the light or the flame. (laughs) (laughs) We were like, wow, you, you do what I do, but in a different way, which is really cool. So it's, it's just so nice and refreshing to talk to somebody who's not judging you in your experience and looking for how, like, cause we went to a conference. So obviously a lot of the times at those conferences, it can be like, Oh, what can you do for me? Who do you know? Like, you know, that kind of thing. And it's definitely minimal at that conference for sure. But we just looked at each other and we were like something, you have something to tell me. I have something to tell you. And, and I truly believe that you definitely give people this permission to express their true nature. And that is your gift. And that ultimately is what I want the mission of speakeasy to be about. Like at the end of the day, if we can help you get to the finish line of writing a book and we begin, I think of what we do is like a marathon relay where we take you from the starting line to that first leg. You still need to put the manuscript together, but we give you a foundation to do that from in like six to eight weeks, where for some people it takes them months, maybe years to get to that. Yeah. So again, if that's your goal, we can help you in that way. But what I'm really focused on And I think COVID, this whole experience of COVID, the disconnect that was literal and figurative in terms of just how people felt disconnected to themselves, but obviously the disconnect to each other and society Mm -hmm. and polarization. And we've just become so militant, it seems like. It's all about camps and tribes and what side are you on? Yeah, division. But at at the base level of what I hope to achieve with this is just how do we connect intentionally Mm -hmm. and how do we converse? intentionally? How do we just sit and listen to each other with an open heart, with an open mind, and not be judging, not be assuming? I think that anymore, we've just become like, again, it's kind of like the conference analogy you use is like, what's in it for me? Or, or how are you going to benefit me? As opposed to the benefit is what can I do for you? And just giving you the space to speak without doesn't have to be about advice. Doesn't have to be about giving you my two cents. Oh, let me tell you about my story. It's like, no, people truly just want to be seen, heard, and valued. Mm-hmm. And I think that what this turned into for me and how it replicates my massage work is that it's really about how do we truly show compassion and empathy for each other? You come to me with knots and pains in your back. I'm going to help fix those knots. I think that this work, when you go in with an open heart to listen and with a good question, you can untie knots that people have stuck inside. I think of this as you talk about locked doors. Like I think a lot of it is is just knots that slowly each question can help undo a knot in people's hearts and minds. And to me, that's connection on the deepest level that, that I'm hoping to achieve with this. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because uh, when I was thinking about the fact that this all happened with me and I was like, it can take so long to write a book. Like I know a lot of people who've written a lot of books 
And some, <laughs> one time the advice I got from somebody who was famous and wrote a book was don't ever do this. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. Best advice ever. I know. And I was like, okay. And then I know some other people who like literally take years to write their book and they try mm-hmm. to put so much content in it. And part of me has got two things that went through my head. One, that's a lot of energy and work to put into something for a really long time. It better have return on it in terms of impact. And then that's not guaranteed. And so I think a lot of times it isn't returned in, in a way that is impactful compared to the amount of energy and time and stuff and stress. But the other thing is, is like, I feel like because of COVID, we are moving towards a different type of connection. So like third chakra is very much that, what can you do for me? Ego. And I think we're moving towards the heart chakra, many of us, and looking for more connection. And ironically, it, it took being disconnected and forced to be away from people for us to really value it or realize that how important it is. And, Mm -hmm. and as I'm seeing this all evolve, like we've, we've went from like idolizing famous people and the clothes they wear and the cool shit they have or go places that are really amazing or whatever to like, they weren't that special anymore. Right. They were under the same circumstances as us. So the, the veil was lifted. The illusion was lifted, right. That they're, they're just regular people, but more importantly, we're starting to realize what they were offering was very shallow in terms of connection. And it's pushing us to, to just be like, what is your story? Like, I want to know you deeply. Right. And, and if you can get that from someone, you can really connect with them. If that's coming through a story, like the work we did, then let's just get it out there. We've gotten to the point where it doesn't need to be perfect. Like the connection doesn't need to be perfect. If you have information, especially TikTok is what I love, like, because people are like sitting in their car and they have no makeup on and they're like, hair is whatever. And they're just telling you good information. It's about authenticity. It is. Be authentic, be genuine, be you. Yeah. It's like, I have information for you. And, and, and just because I'm in my pajamas doesn't mean that I can't share it. (laughs) And I love it. So anyway, so the point is, is like a lot of times people take way too long to create this thing. And that's like the yeah. self-editing that I was going through is like, oh, it needs to be right or perfect or whatever. It has to be perfect. It has yeah. to look good. Yeah, you know, I still struggle measure with up with these other people. It's all e- about Even though I'm writing a book around perfectionism, <laughs> of course <laughs> I'm going to go through this. But anyway, so the point is, is like people want to connect and it really doesn't need to be perfect. And people aren't even looking for it to be perfect anymore. In fact, I always tell my clients, it's like, who wants to be friends with somebody who's perfect? Nobody. Right. If, if they're perfect, there's nothing to offer them. And you just feel like you're inadequate. <laughs> well, so, I get skeptical with those people anyway, because you know yeah, that there's probably impossible layers underneath that exterior perfection mask that they have on. And that's really what I have found from doing this. Like when you give somebody that opportunity to share a bit about themselves with a really good question, I've talked to C-level CEOs, A-type males, multi-million dollar generators who you just think are living high in the hog. But when you ask them a question that makes them stop, and usually when they like look up, they're like looking to God, like, please help me. (laughs) And, but then when they open their mouth and share, you get underneath that exterior persona to their true soul. You know, what, well, it's more about just what is the pain? Because I think we all have different levels of pain and, and suffering, but 
we, we do, we kind of put on this, no, got to look good, got to present myself well, got to make sure. And I think COVID kind of removed a lot of that hidden exterior falseness of that we're all hurting. We've all been through this together. There isn't a mm-hmm. single person on this planet that wasn't impacted, that hasn't been impacted over the last 18 months, two years. It's like, mm-hmm. you can't be human and not have it have impacted you. So let's be real about what that was like. Mm-hmm. Let's just share this experience together. Because now having the shared experience of COVID, of disconnect, of loss, of suffering, of for some people, they thrived. Some people will share about it. I actually, I kind of enjoyed <laughs> lockdown. Even just hear that sheds a light on, okay, I thought it was horrible and I thought my life was going to end, but you totally, like, it just changes your perspective. And I think that that's really what this is about is just the shared human experience that we all go through. And that doesn't matter how much money you make, doesn't matter where you were born, doesn't matter what neighborhood you, you grew up in, that we all have a story to share. And we all have pain. We all have our the negative experiences, but we also have some amazing experiences. We have some amazing stories that people can connect to and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that from childhood. Oh God, that, that was such a good song that you brought up that makes you feel joyful. People start opening up and you're just like, you create those connections around pieces. It may not be the same, but it's if there's something in it that I get blown away just for myself. I learn and grow each time I interact with someone because it taps into my true self, my values. What brings me joy? How do I define love? And I only know that it's, it's kind of like that expression, you know, the best teachers are, are constantly learning. Like I'm always learning every time I meet with, like meeting with you is constantly just at a journey into my own understanding of spirit, of energy, of true self, because you embody that. So I, I do, I find it fascinating to just sit with people and giving them that space. What we create from it is limitless. If it's a blog, a book, a PDF, a TED talk, we've done that. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's, it's about that time. It's, it's about helping to untie knots, but it's, it's more, more than anything, just giving people that opportunity and invitation to speak. And I just think that we just live in a society where I think a lot of people just don't feel like they're, they're given that mm-hmm. invitation and permission. And so what I want this to be is more of a movement where I want to give somebody the opportunity to share, but then say, okay, Amy, here are some starter questions. Now go, go make somebody feel the same way you felt. Go, go hold space for someone and ask them whether it be a loved one, a stranger, a coworker, see what that feels like on the other end of receiving as opposed to giving the answers. I told you, you should be making a deck of cards for people. Just going on air and I'm calling it (laughs) out. We have uh, cards that we ask our son uh, about his day and they're obviously geared towards little kids, Um, but they are a pretty high level for a little kid. And it really helps to create a conversation between the adults with the kid at the table. And he looks forward to it. And sometimes he'll get so on a roll. He's like, ask me more. Kids are the best. I I have my two daughters will do dinner time questions. I now have them bring questions to the table and they make it fun and it's silly. And 
they always want to know about my past. Like they love to yep. know, tell me the story about when you used to saran wrap the toilet for April's rules for your brother. <laughs> and, and it's just, you just, you're telling stories. You're just sharing. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, they love hearing the same stories, but they are connected to that. And it's something that they'll probably continue to tell when they have their own kids going, oh, your grandpa, tell them about how you used to your April Fool. Like it'll never, it'll never get old mm-hmm. because that's what they connect to. And if they relate to me because of some silly stories of growing up that touches their heart, I'm not going to complain about that. I'd rather them want me to tell silly stories rather than remember the hard times and the the challenging times. And when dad was disconnected or wasn't feeling like himself and goes through these waves of emotion, like to me, when we tell stories like that, like that's, that's the gold that we remember. That's the stuff that to me, it's, it's leaving a legacy of how did you make people feel when you were alive? And that's, Writing a book is a great way to leave legacy. Sharing your story with others is, uh, however way you do it, is is all part of that. Because that's that to me is is the impact of stories. Is how does it make you feel? Some of the best stories, whether it's a movie, whether it's a song, whether it's a book, think of anything that you could classify as like storytelling. And with any good one, I think we can all remember the first time we heard it, first time we read it, and how did that touch us? inside. I get that every day when I'm with people and, and anyone can do it if you're allowing that space to, to occur. And that, that to me is the secret sauce is the space that you hold for others to bring that story to life. That's the key. I love it. What's your favorite question to ask people? My favorite question to ask people is, may I ask you a question? (laughs) (laughs) I know that sounds cheating, but it's so true because I think then they're like, no, Well, yeah, they want to know okay. what, what are you going to ask me? I get that all the time when how I'll say, like hey, to, <laughs> how, <laughs> never mind, I'm not even going to say People want to get, people want to prepare. They want to know what to gear themselves up for. And right. I typically, I'm like, no, you're going to have to. No, authentically just, answer this damn question. Just show up. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just say, trust me, I'm, it's not about digging up garbage. We're not no, trying to no. unearth childhood trauma. No. But it's funny how sometimes it just comes up because mm-hmm. it's been sitting there bubbling on the surface and mm-hmm. when they feel safe. A question that I ask people as kind of an introduction to the work, because I do think that when you ask someone a good question, there's always a story that comes out. It's, it's, if it's a good enough question that's worded the right way, it kind of forces a story to, to come up. But one of my favorites has been, tell me about a time in your life where either your faith, beliefs, physical stamina was severely tested. But because you went through that, it made you a better person and the person that you are today. And I have yet to ask that question to anyone and not be just knocked over with a feather. Because everybody has an answer to that mm-hmm. of some level of some kind. And some people's, it's just like, you're literally just, that was incredible. Mm-hmm. But a question like that for most people who have an answer, there has to be an energy behind it where they feel safe to share it. They don't feel like, okay, you're going to use this against me. Because again, there's that defense mechanism that other Mm -hmm. people feel. So it's making them feel that safety right from the get-go. And I think ultimately that's what I'd like to try and teach. Like, How do we get to that safety 
around ourselves, the energy. And I know you resonate with this is like, when I met you out of all those hundreds of people at that conference, like you have an air of energy to you that you just walk around with a welcome mat. Hi, I'm Amy. Welcome. And, And there are people in your life you meet that just have that. You just feel safe with them. You can be yourself with them. You don't have to worry about, you know, what, what's the gain from this? You, you kind of get that intuition. Mm-hmm. But when you carry that with you 24-7 and you can approach strangers, you can approach loved ones, family members, yourself with that same level of openness, to ask a question like that, that's where that answer comes out very openly, very honestly and raw. And it does. It, it, it always amazes me how to go back to your original, when we first started talking, that energy when I was doing massage work is replicated. Mm-hmm. That feeling of feeling safe, of being seen, heard, and valued has carried over to what I do now. So that ultimately is what I'd love to try and re-educate people on, is how do we keep that energy present to enable all of us to be able to feel that and recognize when people aren't, how do we shift that? How do we get people mm-hmm. who have that vibe about them to turn it on? And I, I do think that it, it, it's a skill that can be taught and, and trained. Yeah, I mean, you have to choose, but I think that it, it can be taught. Well, I think that we're moving from, like I said, third chakra to fourth chakra as a world community. And the judgment is starting to go away because there's some talk about the great reset, but we're not going to get into the details of what that means. But in essentially, there is sort of a reset starting where people are um, starting to realize what's important to me. Oh, I don't like where I live, or I do want to start a family, or how have I thought this was important all this time? And now it's not like our family right now is going through something. And my mom said to me yesterday, she's like, you could think things are important. And then all of a sudden this thing happens and you realize, and that's the point of a dark night of the soul is to bring out what is most important and what you want to really do and create with your life. If you really didn't have any other time, like what, what is most important? How do I get it out the fastest? And I think we're just, it almost feels like time speeding up. Have you felt like that lately? Time speeding up, like things are just passing really fast. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that there is definitely, I don't know if it's it's truly an awakening. I think there are people that are becoming awake, but I think that there's a waking up. Like people are suddenly mm-hmm. starting to kind of like getting out of this listless, <laughs> you know, state of just mundane, going through the day, kind of the groundhog day hamster wheel way of living. And I think that a lot of people are becoming open to, is this it? Mm-hmm. Is this really what my life is supposed to be about? So that's why I think there's been so much written about everybody becoming a coach. People are like doing these programs and now going out and helping people and criticizing it. I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. If anything, we need more coaches and teachers and, and inspirational leaders and people who are just taking it upon themselves with a, a message that helps people grow and learn and to help them not just be awake, but to stay awake, to tap into your gifts, tap into your purpose. How can you help others? That's yeah. That to me is what life's all about. It's yeah, not about how much money and, and mm-hmm. where you live and all the status stuff, the celebrity fame and all that things like that's all great. But 
if you're not living a life of purpose, then what at the end of the day, what's it going to be when you're gone? You're just going to be another star on the Walk of Fame. I mean, maybe made a few movies or wrote some good songs, but like, what is your contribution to others that is true legacy? That could be a book. It could be a podcast. It could be a message. I'm, I'm deeply influenced by someone like Gandhi, who this guy had nothing other than just clothes on his back, but he influenced millions of people just because he made the choice that nonviolence and, and my message of peace and, and everybody joining together through a shared common mission of just living as equal people resonated. He just walked around and just people would follow him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how do I do that? <laughs> you know? I'm like, that's incredible. That's true following. <laughs> I didn't have any social media. I didn't have a Facebook group. Right. I mean, the guy just had a robe and, and sandals and walked around India. One of my favorite quotes that I love to remind myself from Mother Teresa is, we can't always do great things, but we can always do small things with great love. Mm. And I think that whatever that small thing is, whether, and I think it should start with yourself, start within your home, whatever that gift you have to, to serve others is just tap into it and try it. And if it doesn't resonate, either keep at it or find something else. You know, for me, when, when I went through my dark night of the soul, I kind of just had to keep it authentic and real. Mine just became asking questions. And now it's like, wow, I'm still, what can I do with this? Where can I go with this? And I think that it provided an outlet for me of just being open and curious and allowing that I didn't have before. In my two decades as a therapist, was nowhere near as awake or aware as I am now. Absolutely not. Hmm. It was my job. But now I feel like this is my mission. This is not my job. This is my work. Right, right, right. There's a big difference between that. Yeah. It's so funny how people think that their mess isn't their message. But mm. like, if you can get through your mess, then that is your message. If you can sort through it, figure it out how to explain it or what made you who you are, then that's what we all need yep. to connect. I mean, my mess, to be totally honest and raw right now, is many of the questions that I ask you, I have trouble answering for myself. So part of my journey of self-discovery is learning from your answers to questions that I have trouble answering myself. Because my takeaway after every time I interact with people is what did I learn about me in that experience through your story, through what you shared? I'm always enlightened by other people's responses. And it's kind of selfish. It's, it's my way to no, connect to myself. No, every healer gets a healing and you're a healer. Mm. Every time that I've worked with somebody, there's been that little golden nugget that I couldn't see within myself that I could see because it was blown up in front of me, meaning like it was much more apparent in the other person. So there's a moment usually when I'm working with somebody that spirit will say that right there, that's, that's your piece, your golden nugget. Make sure you process that. So Mm -hmm. after either during or after the uh, session, I will process that out. I mean, it can be so annoying sometimes because (laughs) I I love you spirit, but like (laughs) I will be working on somebody and I'll be trying to move that energy and it just won't go away. And if it won't go away, I know that it's mine. There's a match. Like I know that there's a, they have it and I have it. 
So then when I clear that, then the energy clears within them. It's unbelievable. It's so nuts. Mm, They're like, I'm just here to help you clear this. Like, and I'm like, (laughs) okay, okay, okay. That's beautiful. No, yeah, but it's, it's, it's not selfish. You're, you're helping people. I mean, look at me. I just wrote 25 pages when I couldn't write anything. Right. I just was like, so annoyed and stuck. And like, and I know the tools, there were re- certain specific reasons why I was stuck, but I also do think that I needed to work with you to help unlock this other piece, which is like just that permission and being like, what, who gives a fuck if it's perfect? Totally. Really? Like I, I said to myself, I'm like, you know what? I'm not citing anything. I'm not <laughs> I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And they're like, Amy, you can cite like a few things, but I kind of want to just be like, if it's going to limit me from getting that information out, then it's probably not worth it. So I can write at the very beginning, if you require citing, <laughs> do not read or do not buy. <laughs> because honestly, everything that I have, I, I believe in is usually based on something that I've learned concrete evidence wise, scientifically speaking. And when it's not, it's based on my own experience, which I think I'm very credible in that, obviously, because it's mine. But also, like I had to do the research most of the time to get to where I was. So here's the information to get you started on your journey to go find the answers and cite or you look up whatever, type it in on Google. That's where that's why we have it, right? Or DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo is probably gonna give you more answers. But anyway, it's been awesome talking to you. No, this is so much fun. (laughs) I love you too. You are a really beautiful light in this world and helping people to heal in such a unique and wonderful way. Thank you. That means the world. It really mm. does. So Mar- uh, Mark, why the f- <laughs> this is so freaking weird. I love you, Mark. <laughs> You're like, my name's Greg. Um, so I, I have, I don't know why I always want to call you Mark. Okay. Strike that. <laughs> Reverse that as, as a really want to. I think that's great. Uh, because it reminds me every time I go to Starbucks, they never get my name right. And I just smile. I, I kind of enjoy when I almost get disappointed when they get it right. Cause I'm like, what name are they going to give me today? You George? don't have like a brother or somebody named Mark that was important to you that passed. I don't, but I, I think I know why you called me Mark. Okay. Can you, you me met or... Mark at the conference that we were? No, at. it's not it. It's not it. Really? I've never been called Mark before. Till today. So thank you for the new name. I'm going to embrace it. I called you Mark at the conference. You called me Mark there too. That's right. (laughs) But that's not why I called you Mark. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But anyway, so Greg, (laughs) please tell us where people can find you. My website is uh, www.thespeakeasymethod.co. So make sure it's thespeakeasymethod.co. And that's probably the easiest way to learn about my work. You can contact me through the webpage. I am honestly taking a little bit of a hiatus from social media. Facebook has been kind of, I've kind of outgrown it, still doing some posts on Instagram, things like that. But I'd say right now for most people, the website will will answer a lot of questions. And then I encourage people. I love to meet people. Discovery calls are some of my favorite things to do each day. So if you would like to set up a discovery call for 30 minutes, we meet on Zoom, maybe ask you a few questions. I always want people to walk away feeling like it was a valuable use of their time for nothing else than to just discover and to learn. Cool. I definitely highly recommend his help. So thank you, Mark. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Oh, there, I have to tune in. Oh, 
you need to leave this in here. Do not edit this out because this no. is golden stuff. <laughs> I love so this weird. guy, but I can't get his name right. <laughs> I do love you. And I don't know what is going on. I don't know why I want to call you Mark. Oh, Maybe I'm, I knew you as Mark in another life. I'm smiling so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, it was so awesome talking to you. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> At this point, I'm just going to call you Mark. We'll just no, switch seriously, it. Seriously, I'm going to look into why I called you Mark. I Now I was about to say why I call you Greg. <laughs> I'm getting very confused. See, people are going to remember this show for nothing else that she couldn't get her guest name right. I know. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, Greg. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. All content provided by Amy Stark and or her guests on the Stark Transformation Show, website or other platforms, including text, images, audio or other formats, are created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist. So, Mark, uh, Mark, why the f- <laughs> this is so freaking weird. I love you, Mark. <laughs> you're like my name's Greg. Um, so I, I have I don't know why I always want to call you Mark. Okay, strike that. <laughs> Reverse that as as uh really want to. I think that's great. Uh because it reminds me every time I go to Starbucks, they never get my name right. And I just smile. I, I kind of enjoy when I almost get disappointed when they get it right. Because I'm like, what name are they gonna give me today? You don't George. have like a brother or somebody named Mark that was important to you that passed. I don't, but I, I think I know why you called me Mark. Okay. Can you, you met or... Mark at the conference that we were? No, at. it's not it. It's not it. Really? I've never been called Mark before till today. So thank you for the new name. I'm no, going to embrace it. I called it. you Mark at the conference. You called times, me Mark there too. Times, that's actually. Why... <laughs> but that's not why I called you Mark. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But anyway, Mark, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Oh, there, I have to tune in. Oh, you need to leave this in here. Do not edit this out because this no. is golden stuff. <laughs> I love so this weird. guy, has but be, I can't I mean, get his name right. <laughs> I do love you, and I don't know what is going on. I don't know why I want to call you Mark. Oh, maybe I'm, I knew you as Mark in another life. I'm smiling so much right now, <laughs> <laughs> Greg. It was so awesome talking to you. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> At this point, I'm just going to call you Mark. We'll just no, switch seriously, it. Seriously, I'm going to look into why I called you Mark. I now and I was about to say why I call you Greg. <laughs> I'm getting very confused. See, people are going to remember this show for nothing else that she couldn't get her guest name right. I know. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, Greg. <laughs> Thank you, Amy.